Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hour two of Inside Sports with yours truly, Dave Campbell, and for Reed Wilkins. Tonight, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, we'll have Edmonton Elks football on 630 Chad. Elks looking for their first win streak of the season and to go uh, three of their next four or three of their last four with wins. They're two of three uh, with a win thanks to their 32-31 win over the Montreal Alouettes last Thursday in Montreal. 5.30 is countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott. Blake Dermott will be around and uh, Morley Scott, yours truly, will have the call of the action at uh, 7 o'clock. All-star game, uh, Alec Manoa, nice inning. Uh, came in at top of the uh, or bottom of the second, and he fans all three batters. Well, actually, he faced four, but he struck out three. He actually uh, plunked Jeff McNeil with a uh, back foot slider. This was a hilarious exchange on the because uh, uh, they had Manoa mic'd up, and why not? He's such a character. But John Smoltz, who's doing the color on the Fox broadcast, um, Alec goes, Alec Manoa goes, John, what do you want? Smoltz, back foot slider down and away. Alec, ah, oh, you're sexy. Here we go. Plunk, hits batter. Alec Manoa, that was a front foot slider, my bad. But uh, he was able to uh, strike out Ronald Acuna. So uh, nice nice outing for uh, one Alec Manoa. <laughs> Reminds me of back in the day when they mic'd the goalies during one of the All-Star games in the 90s yes. and that stuff. And you had guys like Patrick Waugh and John Van Beesbrook trying to, you know, talk to the uh, yes. the people in the booth while they're trying to stop shots and everything. So. Yes, asking to be pulled early. Yeah, exactly. It's no fun for the goalie. <laughs> I think I remember uh, Patrick Waugh being like, my hamstring, I need it. I need ice now. And he just like, yes. yeah, you're out. So there we go. So <laughs> Yes, that, yeah, I remember that well, for sure. Uh, the Scarborough Shooting Stars leading the Edmonton Stingers 47-36, the beginning of the third quarter. Uh, that's in Canadian League basketball action. The uh, Stingers, they're in fourth in the league. And they have already clinched a playoff spot two nights earlier. They beat the Hamilton Honey Badgers. But if Scarborough wins, they'll uh, leapfrog Edmonton for fifth spot. Riverhawks in action. They're in Kelowna tonight. They'll be back on Friday at REMAX Field. And we'll hear from managing director, former Edmonton Oiler, five-time Stanley Cup champion, and 2022 Alberta Hall of Sports Hall of Fame inductee, Dr. Randy Gregg. Uh, well, let's keep the football talk. Uh this man played seven seasons in the Canadian Football League, including uh, one here in Edmonton back in 2012. Mostly played with the uh, Riders and with the Hamilton Tiger Cats and currently is an analyst on uh, CJME Radio uh, for uh, Riders uh, pre- and post-game coverage and uh, works with my good friend uh, Jamie Nye, who uh, is nowhere to be found right now. 
by the way. Um, he's on a lake somewhere, and there's probably no cell service. That's okay. Because I have Belton Johnson on the show, who, by the way, if you follow Belton Johnson on social media, you'll also learn cooking tips because this man can cook. My gosh, can he cook. Belton, my friend, it's nice to talk to you again. It's been way too long. How you doing? I'm all right. How about yourself there, Dave? Hey, doing really, really well. Really, really well. Um, I'll tell you, I think I just want a general comment from you because, you know, when, when the 2021 season ended, and it ended with a, with a pretty good Grey Cup game with Winnipeg beating the Tiger Cats in overtime, but that was a tough season to get through. Uh, 2022 has been, it's been lights out good, hasn't it not? Oh, my God. This, this CFL season has been amazing. You know, from the very first start of the regular season game, and just seeing the amount of points and things being scored, right? And and I think we've had a number of games that, that have come down to the wire, you know, the fourth quarter there and everything. So, so far, I have enjoyed every bit of this season and looking forward to a strong finish here. Is it as simple as saying, Belton, okay, the hash marks moving closer, that is a significant change. And I have seen some some impact with that on the field. Is that the main driver, or is there something else at play here too? Well, I, I'm not sure if that's the main driver or anything. Uh, I, I really haven't noticed a huge difference or anything, to be honest with you. And um, I think the main driver is just, you know, teams. I'm not sure how they're scoring so many points. Maybe it's even officiating sometimes where. You know, I've seen where games just kind of run smoothly, right? Like just a little bit more smoother than they did last season, and just the uh, speediness or just moving that block or moving the ball, getting it set, and everything. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is, Dave, but I'm gonna tell you, it sure is exciting this season. We don't ask why; we just are happy with it. So <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, you look at last week's game, and I'm in Montreal. And I see the Elks rally from 19 down and beat the Alouettes. Then the next night, we see Winnipeg beat Calgary 26-19, where Kamar Jordan had a terrible night. He you know, had thought he had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It ends up getting picked off in the end zone. Uh, Hamilton beats Ottawa. Finally, they get their first win. Poor Ottawa. That's tough. And then the team that you cover, a uh, game that was quite interesting, and we'll get into the guts of this soon but uh, Toronto with a 30-24 win over the Riders and touchdown Atlantic and a rare win East Division over the over the West Division but uh, you know let, let, let's start with the Riders I mean they're they're the team that has lost uh, I believe they have lost twice to they, they have the two losses to the East Division opponents do they not this year that that is correct they so. lost to the Alouettes yeah. and they lost here to the Argos so Interesting game. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about Cody Fajardo's knee and that, you know, he had a roughing the passer call. Well, it wasn't roughing the passer. Uh, it was a lot different than Garrett Marino uh, a couple weeks ago. But a lot of people are talking about uh, the one play there that um, where Sean Oakman was involved with was a Logan Furlan, I believe, uh, one, of the, one of the guards of, of the riders. They fall to the mm-hmm. ground. And Oakman goes, oh, leg, quarterback, I, I will grab. But doesn't twist it. Cody does, though. Cody Fajardo does. And then comes out of that and, you know, a little bit worse for wear. And I know Glenn Suter went off on it and said that was roughing the pass, so you can't hit below the knee. And I'm like, well, 
it's one of those rules where you go, technically, it's right. But should it be? Should it be that way? Did Sean Oakman do anything wrong on that play, Belton? In my honest opinion, Sean Oakman, he did not do anything wrong on that play, Dave. And the reason I say that is, again, you mentioned it. He uh, went to the, I think it was a penalty called on that too, holding or something maybe by Furlan uh, for the riders, the left guard. And so Oakman, he's on the ground. You know, he sees a leg. You know, <laughs> he grabs Fajardo by the leg. He didn't forcefully lunge or hit at the the lower body, the leg or anything. He just grabbed it. He held on to it because you know what? If he doesn't hold on to that leg, guess what? Fajardo either is going to run <laughs> for a touchdown yeah. or you know escape to throw a pass for you know maybe a touchdown or some yardage gain or something, right? But I think the twisting came when Fajardo was trying to escape to get free and everything, and, you know, then he went down. So was it rough in the passer? I honestly don't think it was at all, by no means. I think we're just all a little hypersensitive considering what happened, <laughs> you know, not too long prior with Garrett Marino's uh, hit on Jeremiah Masoli. We we seem to be really sensitive about that that type of play, but but there's one play that's much different than the other. It, and it is, Dave, and, and I'll tell you, like Marino, we, it was even if he was thrown into the quarterback by who a boy to tackle that for the uh, Red Blacks. I think he had enough time to flop. And by flop, I mean just give himself up, right? Like just right. play dead or just go limp, right? I think he had time to do that. But instead of doing that, again, he would have gotten the penalty because he was forcefully going in towards the quarterback, right, to the leg, the lower body there. But instead, he, you know, he hits the legs, he grabs on, and as he goes down, it just felt like I saw him do a little twist motion and I'm mm. sitting there like, whoa, look like he's trying to hurt the guy or something, right? And and then we know what all happened after that, right? You know, he uh, comes off the field, you know, uh, beating the chest and everything, which I didn't think was cool at all. And, you know, it's no place for that in football, right? It's, it's one thing to play hard, you know, getting out the guys playing on that edge, but I'm okay with guys playing to the edge, but do not cross that line. Yeah. Belton Johnson joining us. He's a former seven-year CFL offense and uh, also current uh, analyst for Riders coverage on CJME Radio in Regina, joining us here on the 6:30 Chat Inside Sports. I want to ask you about Fajardo on the knee, but I'm going to stay with the with the topic uh, that we're on with Garrett Marino, and then well, let's add to Duke Williams swinging a helmet at Shaq Richardson. Now, I'll be fair to Duke, and I've covered Duke, and I, I like him a lot, but I know there's mm -hmm. a short fuse there. We all know that, and we know that's kind of has been following him all throughout his career. Um, but he swung a helmet at Shaq Richardson. I mean, that's a pretty serious offense here. And yet somehow he stays in the game. And then I hear Craig Dickinson today say, it might've been today or yesterday. Well, I don't expect him to be suspended. And I'm like, okay, well, I'd be shocked out of my mind. But then, then again, we've seen worse not get suspended perhaps in this league. But, you know, you made an interesting comment on one of your social media channels where you basically said, you know, it just doesn't appear all of a sudden that Craig Dickinson has a handle on his football team. Can you just explain? 
Well, it's just the penalties and everything and what we call discipline. And you know what? Um, since Craig Dickerson has been with the Riders, the head coach, you know, I think they've led in penalties, penalty yards and everything. So, you know, a team that that's disciplined, I just see them as, you know, not getting a whole lot of penalties, right? And and here are the Riders again this year. Guess guess who leads in penalties and <laughs> penalty yards? It's the Riders. <laughs> and then and then yeah. you see the incident, you know, uh, the uh, what is it called? The uh, conduct penalty, misconduct, right? How many of those penalties have the Riders gotten? I know Natal Rogers, the right tackle, he's gotten a couple. Uh, Moncrief, I believe he's gotten a couple that it's like, whoa, fellas, like you're, you're hurting yourself here. And it's it's always just that, you know, that kind of, I call it the fatherly figure or somewhere, you know, Coach Dickerson just like, oh, it's, it's okay, we'll be okay. And I always say things are okay when you're winning because everything gets swept under the rug. It's only when you lose, and I think you have to lose, you know, more than one game because I think if they come and win this week, everything will get swept under the rug, Dave. So I think if, <laughs> if they I'm, – I'm just saying, I think if they were to lose, you know, it's like you got to take it serious. And, you know, and that's what I mean by undisciplined. It's just – and, again, you see what the Marino thing, you saw Duke speak about, you know, he needs to stop that and stuff. And – and then Duke goes out and <laughs> throw. I mean, slams a helmet at Shaq Richardson. I thought he mm-hmm. should have gotten ejected, not even played in the game after I saw what I saw. And yet he plays, and it's like, man, Coach Dickerson, like you got to get a handle on this before you know things spiral out of control here. Yeah, it's interesting, the penalty discussion. Cause, you know, Chris Jones brings it up a lot about how we can't take penalties. We can't take penalties. Two things. We can't lose the turnover battle, and we can't take bad penalties. He, he harps on those two things the most. Um, the debate about penalties was was always talked about with Jason Moss, who's the head coach here for four seasons. But it's it's a different it's a different style of head coach than Craig Dickinson, who is mild-mannered and, like you say, fatherly. And, well, I would rather you don't do that. But at the same time, hey, you know, it's it's okay. Where Jason Moss, fire, 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 mad, you know, intense, mm-hmm. upset. And the, I guess it's the pattern of the, the team does follow the head coach. And that head coach can have any sort of demeanor. So it's if you're fiery or kind of, you know, oh, warm and fuzzy, if mm-hmm. you don't have a handle on it, it's going to be trouble. And, and it will be trouble, right? Because in, in my opinion, if you know, when I played football, I guess back in the day, right, if, if you messed up, you got a penalty, there's some type of punishment <laughs> involved with penalties. So, yeah. And and I just don't see that with the team here. And, and again, winning has a whole lot of stuff, man. And when you're winning, again, it's just swept under the rug. And you know what? The penalties haven't really hurt them uh, as far as wins and everything, right? You know, even the loss, I think the Argos had more penalties, penalty yards. The Riders, they still were in the game there, you know, in the fourth quarter, three minutes, under three. They were still in that game, so the penalties didn't really hurt them. But I do think if you, you know, keep taking those penalties at some point, you know, other teams, they watch the film. They know who's getting those penalties. Maybe we could get under that guy's skin, the Ty Rogers. I'm going to talk smack to him. 
maybe I could get a cheap penalty or, you know, Moncrief or even Duke right now, you know, considering what happened to Shaq. And, you know, uh, yeah. I think Ron Dinwiddie even uh, were allegations of spitting on Shaq Richardson. That's what started that. Well, I think last year, didn't Sean Lemon speak about uh, Duke spitting on him, you know, in the game yes. there, playoffs? And yep. so, to me, where there's smoke, there's got to be a fire somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, one more on Cody Fajardo here. Um, so, he, he comes out of that incident with Oakman and looks a little hobbled. He finishes the game, and honestly, from my vantage point, didn't look overly hobbled by it. Looked like he was able to step into throws, and he was trying to run down Wint McManus, uh, you know, for the for that uh, trying to stop that pick six, which ultimately turned the game in the Argos' favor. And, uh, and then after the game, he's asked about the knee, and he's very forthcoming about how majorly messed up it is. And I was a little surprised by that. And Cody is someone that I mean, you don't have to hit him with truth serum; he'll just tell you what how he feels at the time. Um, but I don't know if he's going to play. I mean, I've heard 50-50, that sort of thing. But uh, first of all, Cody's status, if you know what it, what it is for this weekend against the Argos, and now they got the COVID thing kind of hanging over him, but we haven't heard anything more about whether they were able to practice tomorrow or not. But how banged up, as far as you're concerned, is Cody Fajardo? And just Cody Fajardo in general, I mean, you speak about, can you speak about his brutal honesty about how he's feeling, especially when things are not going well? And I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm like you, right? I I saw Fajardo. Yes, he goes down. You, you see him grabbing his leg, hopping and jumping around. But then the next play comes, boom! He busts out the pocket. He makes a sharp cut here, a sharp cut there. You know, in my head, I'm like, oh, he's fine because <laughs> I don't yeah. think a guy can make sharp cuts the way I've seen him do. Even like you said, him hustling down there to you know, stop McManus or attempt to stop them, right, uh, when he threw that interception. And, you know, just the wear and tear, the pounding of a knee, like I just don't see it. I've hurt my knee in the past, and, you know, if, if Dalton ran, it, you know, it was a little hop or something, so I knew I wasn't okay. So, but again, I don't see that. I don't see that limp. Yes, I see, you know, when he goes down at that point in time that it's hurting and everything, but when he gets back up and keeps going, I think he's fine. But I know a lot of people around here, they're, you know, thinking, you know, uh, save him. And I'm thinking in my head, like, he's your best option, right? <laughs> that's a, you know, that's, yeah. a key, uh, that's a key position quarterback. So my thoughts are, you know, if he is banged up or anything, maybe spell them a little bit, right? Maybe get some packages for Mason Fine, the backup quarterback. Or, you know what, on those quarterback sneaks, get them out of there. <laughs> Don't let them yeah. do that because you know what? Those big bodies are coming left, right, up the middle. They're going low trying to stop a quarterback. So maybe take them out of those type of situations. And you know what? The rider O-line is not the best O-line for us pass protecting. But I said maybe, you know, how those three to five second plays where he could get the ball out real quick to the playmakers and the riders have to just run the ball because they've done it pretty darn well so far this season. Yeah, they sure have. There's no problem with the run game at all. Belton, thanks so much for this, man. It's good to talk to you again, my friend. We'll uh, have to do this again soon, okay? Take care. Have a good one there, Dave.
Belton Johnson, former CFL offensive lineman for seven seasons, including one season here in Edmonton, and current uh, analyst for the Riders coverage on CJME Radio in Regina. All right, the American League has just tied it. Giancarlo Stanton hits a two-run shot to center field, so it is a 2-2 tie now. American League National League at Dodger Stadium for the 2022 All-Star Game. Vladdy Guerrero, the previous at-bat, almost had a homer, but the flight out to Juan Soto of the uh, Washington Nationals in center field for the first uh, out of the inning. Soto, by the way, won the uh, All-Star Home Run Derby last night. I was speaking of All-Stars, speaking of Hall of Famers, we're going to speak with one who just was inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame, someone we've had on the show many times. Looking forward to speaking with Dr. Randy Gregg. When Inside Sports continues in a moment. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.